0: Here's an important question what was the message you heard as you grew up about sex was it that it's god's design was it that we don't talk about that because it's you know special was it uh something that had shame associated with it uh, there's a lot there and we're going to unpack a little bit today on the podcast i'm john fuller along with greg and aaron smalley they lead the focus marriage team and Aaron, there are some common messages, probably, that uh, you've encountered mm-hmm. uh, that are kind of symptomatic or representative of what most people seem to have heard. What do you think?
1: Mm-hmm. So often what individuals experience in their family of origin is that sex isn't talked about at all. So then thus, as kids, we make assumptions, and as we grow into adolescence and then into 20s, 30s, whatever, and we get married— know we realize, like, we didn't talk about this. So what does it mean about sex? Is it shameful? Is it dirty? Is it sinful? Um, Why didn't we talk about it? And then we get married, and all of a sudden, like, oh, let's have sex. And oftentimes, we're not viewing it as it was really intended for this gift, this um, enjoyment pleasure for all these different purposes, the unity that comes through it, and we're not seeing it for that. Plus, then there's messages we receive from well-meaning people about you know, what your job is as a wife, what does a godly wife do around sex, and what Mm -hmm. does a godly husband do around sex. So it's just recognizing all of that influences our experience. It's so important to identify what am I believing about sex, and is it aligning with what's true? Mm -hmm, And of course, our truth comes from God's Word not from man, from God's Word. Yeah,
0: yeah. identifying, naming it, and exposing it to biblical truth. That's so important, not just for what we believe about sex, but all of life. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's go ahead and hear more from a conversation that Jim Daly and I had with Dr. Julie Slattery about this topic, and in a previous episode, Julie brought up the
2: spiritual aspect of sexuality. Julie, let me ask you, if a person hears this, and now they're uncomfortable, Uh I mean, you're pushing a button there, Uh what should that indicate to them about where they're at and how they're thinking about these things? Because I can imagine some people going, whoa, 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 what?
3: Mm. Well, you're right. You know, First of all, if you're feeling uncomfortable, join the club. Yeah, it's where we all start. I think when I first heard this, it was a real disconnect for me Mm -hmm. because I'd been trained for so many years without realizing it that we just don't talk about sex in front of God. And certainly, he must leave the room when we have sex. Hmm. Like he doesn't, he's not interested in that part of us, which is antithetical to everything we read in scripture. But I think the other piece of it is for a lot of people, sex is the most painful part of their lives. Hmm. And so they can't reconcile the goodness and love of God with their experience of deep, deep pain or trauma around their sexuality. And this is what I encounter the most when I talk mm. about this message is somebody who has been sexually violated in childhood or repeatedly betrayed sexually. And they'll be like i can't uh, I can't even think of God having created sex because then he seems cruel to me." because sex has been the source of my greatest pain. yeah. And so when we talk about sexuality, this is why I love what God has called me to, we're not just helping marriages get better, we're helping people address sometimes their most significant barriers to the heart of God.
2: Let me expand on that concept of the uncomfortableness of talking about this, Mm -hmm. because I know even doing the radio program, there'll Mm -hmm. be some stations that won't want to air this. And one of the things I often... Um, suggest is one of the reasons Satan is having such success, unfortunately, in this area is because we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it in churches, pastors don't really preach about it, Uh, Christian radio stations are uncomfortable talking about it, Mm -hmm. and therefore we kind of hand over the territory Yeah. keeping that military description mm-hmm. going, to the enemy, yeah. because we won't talk about it in a way that is God-honoring and God-intended. And so I really applaud you for, for your work and what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really critically important. And wouldn't it be nice if people would say at that little tea party when women are talking about it, wow, I wish my husband and I had the kind of relationship you and Bill have,
1: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
2: When it Because it should be different. It should be so positive in a Christian context. We are honoring the Lord in our physical relationship, yeah. and this is how you can do it, too. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're really getting at today. Um, in your book, uh, God, Sex, and Your Marriage, you're critical of some of the teaching coming from Christian community about um, saving sex until marriage. Um, I don't think you mean we need to be more liberal in our sexuality. Mm. Describe what you're getting at there. And what is that healthy? You know, I've got two boys. You have children in the same space, about 19, 20, 21. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the message we should be communicating to them before marriage?
3: Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't want to come across as being critical of that message uh, because I'm certainly grateful having grown up In a Christian home, that I was taught that sex is meant to be for marriage. And that has been a blessing to me.
2: That's a biblical teaching. Yes, it is. And
3: so we don't want to undo that. I think what we're pushing on here, not just in this book, but in our conversations around Christianity and sexuality, is that there's a far bigger picture than just save sex for marriage, that everything has to be within the context of the gospel story. And the gospel story is that God created something beautiful, but we live in a fallen world. Our own sin, other people's sin have twisted every good gift, but Jesus came to redeem everything that's been broken. And we have to apply that same message to the conversation around sexuality. God created sex and gender and all of it to be beautiful, to be this amazing revelation of his love But we live in a fallen world. Our own sinfulness, the brokenness of our world, means that our experience of that is going to be twisted in one way or another. I I really believe all of us have sexual brokenness. Even Mm -hmm. if we've saved sex for marriage, our sexuality is broken. But Jesus says, bring it to me and let me redeem it. Now, I think the message that was sort of too short and incomplete in what we might call purity culture in the past or historic teaching on sex, just had the rules. So we would just look at the passages that say, Thou shalt not. We didn't paint the picture of how all this fits within the larger gospel story right? of how we're all broken. All of us have sinned. None of us are righteous, not one. And we all need to bring that brokenness to Jesus. In past, I think we've tried, and we haven't done this on purpose, but it's made it seem like some people are broken and some people aren't. And so that's created a lot of division, a lot of shame, hesitation of people admitting their brokenness and bringing it to God. It's more been a performance. Like if Mm. you follow the rules, God's going to bless you. Instead of God's relationship with us is about surrender. Mm. And our behavior comes out of our surrender and His redemption in our life. So that's the shift that I think is so critical for us to make, not only as we talk about marriage, but as we address other aspects of sexuality in our culture.
0: Well, Greg, we've touched on this in recent episodes, but a lot of people have past sexual failures, a lot of shame, brokenness. How have you seen people find restoration in that part of life.
4: Yeah, this is my story, John. So I've lived this out. Aaron and I have walked that reality out. As I walked into our marriage, I had gone through an abortion in my early 20s. And this is something that, that we talk about, we share. There's a great video series. We can put a link in our show notes to that where mm-hmm. I share that um, as a focus resource But for me, I was so broken. I was so convinced that I had made the unpardonable sin and just, you know, no opportunity to even go into ministry someday. I mean, there was a lot of that going on, not to mention just a lot of the messages around sex. So, I mean, I brought all that in. I tell you, it it it's easy to say, well, the, the gospel, that's God's living word. Boy, that can make such a difference. I mean, I really, really experienced that in such a profound way. I think for me, it began with seeing the story of the Apostle Paul. So, you know, mm-hmm. one of the biggies. But before he was Paul, he was Saul, and he was a murderer of Christians. And just at one point when I was feeling so discredited, in my own mind, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the evil one's lies. I mean, I get all that. But, I mean, that's where I was at. Just like, man, I'll have to find some profession that won't obviously involve ministry. And yet reading that, I think maybe it was a sermon that I was listening to, something. And it just clicked. I mean, I knew that story. I'd heard it plenty. But just God used that as a powerful story to remind me that, hey, look what Paul, as Saul, look what he did. Mm-hmm. And look what I did through him. And boy, that broke me down and gave me, most importantly, that that clear sense of God's grace and forgiveness, and that provided such deep comfort and deep hope. Yeah. And I went from truly feeling so hopeless around just, you know, never be used because of what I did to really, God used his word in that story of Paul, the Apostle Paul, just to, to reshape that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the importance of the, the Gospels. And there's so many other really great stories. You know, rather it's King David mm-hmm. and what he did with Bathsheba and the infidelity there, you know, the prodigal son, you know, just all these great stories. The woman at the well caught mm-hmm. in adultery. Yeah. There's so many sexual brokenness stories, and God always uses them to show his willingness to forgive, to heal, and restore those who really turned to him, and mm-hmm. that, that that I mean that I, I would say this that saved my life. Mm-hmm. It restored my ministry, I mean all that, but it truly saved my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being so candid.
0: Um, I'm amazed at how um, how much of an open book you are. And I hope our listeners understand this is not normal. <laughs> Most people aren't quite so self-disclosing, but thank you. Yeah, and you're we'll welcome. trust that somebody was touched by what you shared, and that they will go to the Scripture and find the God who is compassionate yeah. and gracious and slow to anger. Yep. It's not the God of retribution right. that so many people think He is. Right. That's not all that He is. Uh, he's a loving, caring Father, and uh, we'd love to talk more with you if. You're stuck. If you're identifying with what Greg was talking about, the shame, the guilt, the sense of hopelessness, call us. We have caring Christian counselors here. They're a phone call away. Um, We'll have to set up a time for them to give you a call back. But the process starts by calling 800, the letter A in the word family, 800 232 6459. We'll have a link in the show notes as well. And uh, we'd love to point you to Julie's book. Julie Slattery has written this terrific resource. It is uh, a wonderful uh, description of God's design for marital intimacy. It's called God, Sex, and Your Marriage. And we have copies here, and we'd ask you to make a donation of any amount. That donation helps pay for counselors. It helps us produce resources. It helps us ship things out, like this book, to you. Uh, Donate today, we'll send the book to you. And uh, the details are in the show notes. We're going to hear next time from a magician and his wife about a fight they had about a Christmas tree. Uh, For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.
4: Is your marriage holding on by a thread?